Oklahoma State has always done pretty good with legacies. We have another opportunity as five-star DB Kobe Black. It's set to make his decision. Oklahoma State does find itself in that picture. We'll talk about five matchups, including some number fives. And we always have heard for the better part of a decade about cowboy culture. We knew it needed to be tinkered with a little bit in the offseason. It appears as though we got that full sale all the way around. Question is, which cowboy culture is going to show up this Saturday. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms at Visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at AllDayOfState. Today, we're personally brought to you by Prize Picks. Make sure that you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege today. Use that code for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made super easy just for you. This cowboy culture has been something that we've heard about for years. Like literally, this has kind of been the foundation of to what we look for in terms of recruiting for the future of Oklahoma State. We also know that due to some of the things that transpired last season, that we had to kind of reinvent the cowboy culture because. Even some of the players that formerly played at Oklahoma State that may not love Mike Gundy, they still love Oklahoma State. And a lot of the transfers that have come in and or left have had conversations with people in regards to how different it is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Is it for everybody? No. Guys, players like Caleb Williams would never work in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He's just too much. He's too flamboyant. He's too out there. You know, he, he likes the limelight in the life of what Holly Bur would provide. Stillwater, Oklahoma is not Hollywood, but we've had the conversation, you and I, previously about how Tuscaloosa was not the epicenter of where recruits wanted to go, realistically, before Nick Saban turned it into a powerhouse. The same thing is applicable in Stillwater, Oklahoma. As we'll talk a little bit later, we could get another big-time, massive shot in the arm from a legacy that could come to Oklahoma State. But again, this culture... We knew that it was really a staple for Oklahoma State for a long time, and it was something that we were able to kind of plant our flag on and recruit predicated upon. We're going to do this thing based off these these principles. Tyree Kill gets brought up, right? Did we maybe kick him off the team too quickly before the process you know, took place in the court of law? Maybe, maybe not, but we don't really uh, mess around when it comes to doing the right thing holding yourself accountable from all the way around right now you're even seeing and hearing the accountability side of Mike Gundy so this is obviously going to be massively beneficial for the entirety of the locker room we had discussions about how they player only meetings right before Iowa State and then right after Iowa State and really that's when things kind of shifted into a new gear so this cowboy culture that has been in place and a solid foundational piece for Oklahoma State for the better part of a decade plus now is new, right? This is different. 
This is a new kind of cowboy culture with a significantly more um, talent pool to pull from. Right, we had a lot of cowboy culture W's in 2011. We had we had quite a few, obviously, in 2021. But this has had to shift because of 2021. We had to become more of a defensive oriented style of team, and we're not exactly that now. But you see the improvements. You see the talent. You see guys like Kendall Daniels that are just waiting to bust out of the seams, and then you see guys like Nick Martin that have already done it as a sophomore in a very early age. So this cowboy culture is proving that it's a little bit different, and it can prove it even more with a win against BYU. You're already seeing some guys opt out, right? And this brings me back to kind of the Leon Johnson conversation. So you've just seen MJ Morris, the NC State quarterback that took over for Brennan Armstrong, who at one point in time could have maybe been a cowboy. Brennan Armstrong has not looked good. So they insert MJ Morris. MJ Morris played, gives them a three and one record. They have the opportunity still yet, NC State does, to win and play in the ACC title game. They need some help, but they can still win 10 games. They can still play in the title, and he's opting out. He, he's choosing to forfeit the rest of the season so he can redshirt and have another extra season and come back next year to NC State and be ready to rock and roll. Guys, what was best for Leon Johnson was to pull this exact move. That is what was best for Leon Johnson's football career and future. And we, I said then, the coaches left it up to Leon, right? You, we want you to make the decision on whether you're going to continue to play this season. Well, Leon being the dude, the dog, the man that he is, of course he was willing to step up and deliver. And that's precisely what he did, knowing he was only going to get a handful of games to make a massive impression. He doesn't have a full season to impress the scouts. So this kid that leads them to a 3-1 and record and puts him in a position to potentially play for the ACC title game is now going to redshirt. You cannot tell me there's not going to be some animosity in that locker room. There just is. Maybe this is what's best for this kid. May very well may be accurate. But who's going to want to, if he does transfer, which he said he's not going to, he wants to come back and be the main guy next year at NC State. But there's going to be some dudes in the locker room that hold some sort of resentment. And maybe it's only a handful, but as we've seen as Oklahoma State fans last year, it only takes a handful of, dis of, of dissension before it grows. So if you know there's going to be some animosity that he skipped out on his teammates when they still had a shot at an ACC title, you're crazy. But, but now look at it. If you look at it from the transfer portal, he was a four-star guy. He was the third highest rated get of all time in NC State history. But if he looks in the transfer portal market, isn't it going to be kind of sketchy? Aren't other coaches going to be like, yeah, he's a good dude, good player, but he did quit on his guys. It sucks that we have to even have these conversations. I mean, Leon's goes deeper because there was a year during COVID where his, his college was not doing football. 
So he stepped up and decided to man up and play on the baseball team. And, of course, the NCAA is holding it against him, yada, 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 yada. But Leon Johnson's best career move was likely to redshirt. But he didn't do that. So does that not point that the new cowboy culture that had to be kind of tinkered with a little bit, the personable nature needed to be more, the understanding of what the kids are going through on a daily basis needed to be bigger because they can transfer now almost whatever they want. So you have to have some pulse on the locker room. Gundy has seemed to reel that in. And now we have this new cowboy culture. But tell me I'm crazy. Wouldn't this win against BYU really validate that there is, in fact, 100% new Cowboy culture in Stillwater, inside Boone Pickens Stadium. I would say yes. But, of course, let me know down in the comments section of what your thought process is there. And uh, you'll like it if you like it. Dislike it if you don't. It's okay if you don't. Tell me what I could have done better. Share. And, of course, honestly, make sure you subscribe. Sharing is caring. Share it. Make sure other people subscribe. Another thing that you should do is share the wealth, the prize picks that can give to you. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in Northern America, and it's what's best for you. It's easiest and the most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the more than or less than projections. That's it. You pick two to six players, more than the projected stat line or less than the projected stat line, and then you just watch the money roll in. Guys, with basketball season now, here we can pick combo projections across football and basketball with a specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections. So if you want to grab two or more players from different sports or leagues, that's possible. For example, if you want to go see what Tyreek Hill's going to pull off, but you also want to see if Kate Cunningham's going to have a double-double, you can do that right now with prize picks. And alongside all of that, if you want to bet with some of your favorite rappers like Meek Mill or comedians like Andrew Schultz, you can find community plays under the promos tab in the app. And the entries for some of the biggest names in all of prize picks are going to be right there next to you each week. The best part, you already know, is the reboot policy. If you got a player that gets hurt in the first half for football or basketball, the player exits the game in the first, doesn't come back in the second, that player gets rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use that code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on to get your hundred dollar match right now. Go get her did. Speaking of getting her did. Now we get to talk about some of the matchups that I've pinpointed that make the most amount of sense. And I'll tell you, a little sneak peek to the end. Part of it started with watching some of the BYU film and watching the BYU-OU game. And they had a player on that team that was so riled up, he was trying to pick fights all day with Dylan Gabriel and and the, the running back room. It didn't matter. Tywee Walker, he was trying to fist fight everybody on the OU roster. And I absolutely loved it. He got burnt a couple times, but he also had a couple really, really, really big-time plays. He's a Kendall Daniels type. So we're picking five matchups because we got five-on-five crime about to happen. 
this will start off number one matchup to me. Well, not number one, but just number one we're going to list. Uh, it's got to be wide receiver for BYU, Chase Roberts versus Corey Black. Now, DJ McKinney and Cam Smith obviously are going to have a lot to say in the cornerback room as well. So you're going to see a multitude of matchups, but the biggest one for me on that side of the ball, their best receiver is definitely Mr. Roberts, but Chase Roberts does have a decent amount of drops on the season. So if he hears step, footsteps or he gets knocked off of his route, it is clearly possible to get into him. So I expect Corey Black to be able to con, kind of do that alongside DJ McKinney and Cam Smith. All right, another big matchup for me is going to be number 31 linebacker, six foot two, 230 pound Max Tooley. Max Tooley is tied for the all-time tackles record in BYU history at this very moment. Also, what would be tied for 27th nationally. When you look at the stats, which we're about to do, because, you know, stats lives matter, statistically, we should run rule, baseball analogy there, we should absolutely run rule BYU. But these matchups are the reasons why BYU is still a pretty daggone good competitive team. That matchup, with Max Tooley against our main man, Ollie Gordon, is going to be a fun one to watch. Ollie Gordon, if you don't shoestring tackle him or gang tackle him, you ain't going to be able to tackle him. So to see one of the better linebackers in the Big 12 go against our main man, Mr. Hasman, Mr. Doke Walker, Ollie Gordon, that's a good one. We're going to stay in the same vein here. Number 10, linebacker, A.J. Vong Pachong is the other dude that is tied with Max Tooley for the career all-time tackles record at BYU with 257, and they're also both tied 27th nationally. This dude is going to get blindsided all day, every day by Josiah Johnson, and he might even get popped in the mouth a little bit from Braden Cassidy. They're going to be able to – okay, you know how linebacker – or I mean, or sorry, Xavier Benson, our linebacker. He finds a good way to take things head on to free up Nicholas Martin. Now, that's supposed to be a little bit of what A.J. Bong, Pachong, and Max Tooley have set up here. So something's got to give. Either they're so effective in their cross stunts and, and twists and stuff that they like to do to disguise what gaps they're coming from. If you can get them off of their game, Ollie's going to have a big day. If you get one of those two dudes off of their game, hat on a hat, second level, right, be the one who wins at the point of attack and beyond, then we are good to go. We are in like Flynn. Here's another big-time matchup. Number 92, Tyler Batty, six foot five, 280-pound defensive end from the state of Utah. He's another dude that's on the all-time BYU list for multiple categories. He's a very good defensive end that gets to go up against likely our most NFL-graded offensive lineman, number 71, six foot seven, three eleven, Dalton Cooper. Dear Dalton Cooper, please come back for another year, my guy. Please come back for another year. Your grades have been really good. If you look at PFF, he's actually one of the highest-graded Cowboys on the team. PFF does get a little wonky in some of the, the statistical categories they do and do not use, so it's not biblical, but Dalton Cooper is certified legit left tackle at this level. We're going to be able to see it again on display this Saturday because Tyler Batty is one of the better contestants he's going to have all daggone year. 
Then we get the five-on-five crime. Now, they don't exactly match up against each other. I get that. But we've been jumping on Kendall Daniels' case for the last couple weeks in regards to him taking plays off, which is factual. It's accurate. It's on film. There's several times where arguably the best player we have just stops running. I hate it. I can't stand it. But he's just so freakishly gifted at six foot four, 225 pounds, running a four six forty as a safety, that his athletic talent is guiding him through being one of the best top three tacklers on the team and in the top 15 in the Big 12. So it's not like he's playing bad, but we all know he has way more in the tank. He looks like Xavier Benson last year with way more talent. Xavier Benson this year took on a different role than last year, and he is not only doing good, but he deserves a lot of the respect for what Nick Martin is able to accomplish alongside the defensive line. The 3-3-5, we knew the D-line wasn't going to have a lot of fun, fancy, sexy stats. But what they do do is dominate areas of operation, and that's all we need them to do, And which is why we have the best linebacker core in the Big 12. I'm getting off kilter here. Five on five crime. They're number five. He's a corner that plays a little bit of safety here and there. Eddie Heckert. He was the dude trying to throw bows with Dylan Gabriel and and Shawshank Redemption running back. And uh, it was fun. I loved it. Their number five was flying around all over the field, and he made his presence felt. He had a couple big-time tackles on third, fourth downs. He got burned a couple times. He had a couple bad-of-the-way passes. He came in on a blitz on a, a couple times and screwed up what they were doing and allowed some tackles for loss. He's a problem. So who's going to be the better number five this Saturday? Are we going to see a crazy 15, 16, 18 tackle performance from Kendall Daniels? Because we all know it's possible. Or, I mean, heck, we'd all take a 12 tackle performance with a pick. Because we all know that Kendall Daniels is capable of not only that, but trailing and, and tracking down players from the backside all the time. That's something he hasn't been doing. He has not been busting his hump to run people down. He has not been doing it. It is what it is. It's on film. I want to see it this Saturday. I want to see the wild. Trey Rucker, whatever you drink before a game, please, sir, give it to Kendall Daniels because I want our number five to be as visible on TV as their number five was against OU. And I don't care who he goes up against. I guess you could say like the, who they're going up against. This is the only one that's not a direct correlation on, on the other side of the ball. But I guess you could say, you know, I want to see what Eddie Heckard is capable to do against Rashad Owens. Maybe Rashad Owens can handle him like a rag doll, throw him around, treat him like a redheaded stepchild. It's all possible. And real quick, before we move on to the college football playoff ranking, what it means, where we sit, and how it could factor into us getting five-star Kobe Black. Statistically, you know I love my stats. Stats lives matter. And, and, and statistically, BYU is garbage. Guys, there's absolutely no reason they should be winning as many games as they actually have because from a, a team stat perspective, okay, scoring. 
BYU is last in the Big 12. Scoring defense, they're 12th in the Big 12. We're significantly ahead of them in both of those. Let's go to totals, offensive totals. BYU, dead last in the Big 12. Defensive totals, 11th in the Big 12. Rushing the football. Uh, you could probably guess where this is going. Yeah, last in the Big 12 by a significant margin. Their defense, their 12th and allowing the rush. We have one of the best O-lines and Ollie Gordon. Something should give there. From a passing perspective, BYU is only their 13th, second to last in the Big 12. Now, here's our, our Achilles heel. We're dead last in the Big 12 in defending the pass. That's something that we got to work on. But punts, they're 12th in the Big 12. Kicking, 10th in the Big 12 and kickoffs. They're just, they're defensively, they're sacks against ninth. This is decent. Sacks by, dead, last in the Big 12. Statistically speaking, this should be a blowout. Now, we all know it likely will not be. Because they do have some talent. They string it together somehow. Shout out to Kalani Sataki. Because when you look at all those stats, they shouldn't even have the record they do. They might need some help. They might need some help in hiring. And if you, like like them, possibly need some help in hiring, ladies and gentlemen, you got to be doing it with LinkedIn. There's a reason that small businesses rank them number one in America versus leading competitors. If you want to be 100% certain that you can get access to the best and most qualified candidates, you got to get with LinkedIn Jobs today. They're going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to the site right now. Make a job. It's super easy to create. Then add it to the purple hiring hashtag frame and then spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. they got simple tools and screening questions to make it easy for you to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you need to interview. Go to LinkedIn Jobs today to find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash college. Go there now today to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So Oklahoma State jumps into the top 20 in the only poll that really has any significance and matters, which is the college football playoff poll. Top 20 is good. Taking care of BYU does a significant amount. We've already talked about why we should all want Texas to also win this Saturday or Friday, beat Texas Tech, be 11-1, and There's going to be some level of chaos in front of them. So they're likely a top five squad. We want all of that smoke, not only because of the record, like 9-12 and 12 or whatever, against Texas. So Gundy does have a propensity to show up for that game. Not only that, but it gets a crazy millions of eyeballs just because it's Texas and they're leaving the SEC and they're finally, quote-unquote, back. We will get an extra four, five, six million viewers. It just, I hate to say it. I hate to give Texas that much pull, but it's true because what is going to happen is they're going to get pumped up and promoted by everywhere. 
Fox, FS1, right? ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, CBS, Heartland College, 365, from sea to shining sea. Texas will be the story. And Texas will add way more eyeballs and marketability for this game. Now, here's another reason why this matters. Because we've talked a little bit about it. Kobe Black is going to be on hand. We're not even officially in Kobe Black's top five. We're not. But I can 100% wholeheartedly tell you that we are. Not only in his top five, we're in his top three. He's been to almost every single game this year. We've done multiple visits at his school, at his games, at his practices, and several with Brian Nardo in his home. And those have done absolute wonders for this conversation. And we're going to have more talks later on this week about the 28 seniors that are going to walk for Senior Day and how a good percentage of them can come back. One of those is going to be Corey Black, who we're going to be watching this week go up against Chase Roberts. Corey Black has the option to get an extra COVID year. Right now, he doesn't know if he's going to take it. If your brother who you've never had the opportunity to play with, not at the junior level or at the high school level, just because of the age gap. If you now have the opportunity to play together because you can get an extra year, and Kobe Black's good enough to play as a freshman, this stuff matters. The legacy stuff matters. The Brian Nardo connection is massive. His familiarity and the camaraderie and the comfortability with Stillwater It should matter. But the dollar-dollar bills of Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Oregon, and Ohio State are what we're up against. We've missed out on Dax Hill. We've missed out on a few other five-star legacies. We take two, three-star guy, two-star guys, We build them up into very, very good NFL possible individuals, and then their brothers don't come here. Another way to prove that this new cowboy culture is going to be able to resonate more with young men, getting Kobe Black is huge. For all the reasons we just listed. Like, he could crack the million-dollar range with Texas and Texas A&M and LSU and Ohio State. He's not going to do that in Stillwater. But just like why Kendall Daniels came from A&M to Oklahoma State was because you can accomplish everything you want here plus some. Now, Texas is a good ball club. But if we prove that our cowboy culture is better than the Texas money and his brother can come back for an extra year and they can play together. Help us help you, Kobe. This is the right spot for you. Rob Glass is better than anything you're going to get at Texas. It, it, It just is. 
you know about the $400 million facility that we're working on. You know that we're always going to be at the forefront of the conversation for winning Big 12 titles every year. And with even if it was a four-team playoff, Oklahoma State should be in a position to be in a four-team playoff in the next couple of years. We will easily be in the 12-team playoff format. So we should make the 12-team playoffs every year that Kobe Black is on campus. And then you look at the other guys we have coming in, like Gunnar Wilson and Jonathan Agumidu and David Cabongo and Lando Cleveland and Luke Webb and now Milwaukee Smith and Landon Fields. This is Rodney Fields. Sorry. This class is already way better than the number. This class, mark it down, this 2024 class will be one of the top three best in O-State history. Give me Corey Black's brother. Let's make that new age cowboy culture show that if you get a brother to Oklahoma State, and then they've got another brother that's about to be a five-star dude. This is the place to go. Are we going to give you as much money? No. But playing in Oklahoma State does mean a little bit more. And we know you know it. And we know that you know what Brian Nardo's bringing in for the future is going to turn Oklahoma State into a defense, a defense-oriented squad that is thought of from a defensive perspective. We're getting there. We're still going to have some dudes on offense. But this is a big, big deal. All right, y'all. We are doing a live show. It's already done, scheduled with a guest. Okay? So make sure you check us out tonight. We go live with Reagan from MarkCast. And we're going to talk about the transfers, the good, the bad, the ugly. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one. You know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. You could be anywhere, so happy you choose to be here. Later, 10-0.